Welcome to 24 Karat Conversations with Phyllis and Rhonda, where two best friends decided to start a podcast on real women, real friendships, and real issues. Our mission Bible verse is Job 23.10. Yet he knows the way I have taken, and when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. We want to encourage, inspire, and offer hope in a world where life can seem to be unrealistic. Be a support for you to cheer you on as a wife, mother, daughter, sister, and friend. Most of all, you get to relax and laugh with us about all things women. Plus, we like all things sparkly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hello, 24 Carat Tribe. Welcome. Hey, peeps. I am so excited. As um, most of my parents who have lost children know, in October, I was going to say November, I don't even know what month <laughs> we're in anymore. October is Infant Loss Awareness Month, and we have an opportunity today to interview Leah Long. She um, and her husband, Tommy, live in Los Angeles, California, and they are the founder of Zara Eleanor Foundation, um, which honors her daughter, Zara, who was born in August of 2019 as a still born. And they have an organization that we're going to talk about today that helps parents um, financially and emotionally who have experienced loss. So welcome, Leah. Hello. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my gosh, we're excited to have you on. So we're going to get into like what your organization does, but I first want our community to kind of know a little bit about you and um, how you grew up and how you were raised and tell us also how you met your husband. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's the important part, right? (laughs) Yes. Um, So I was born and raised in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, My husband also was born and raised in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And um, I grew up with an incredible family. And I have a younger brother. And we pretty much lived our life living and growing up on the lake. And so I had an incredible childhood. Um, A little bit about my faith background. I was not raised in the church or raised um, with any religious background. And so my parents kind of left it up to us to um, pick what we wanted to do and the route that we wanted to go. And so um, when I turned 20 is when I decided to uh, give my life to the Lord. And it's been such an incredible journey. And um, I don't know where I would be without my faith and Mm -hmm. without God. Um, Can I ask you, Leah, just real quickly to interrupt you, I want to know, like, how did you come to know Christ? Was it like, were you introduced, did your husband introduce you? Like, how did you, how how did you come to know Christ? So it's really, I always wanted like this cool story to be like so dramatic. (laughs) (laughs) I found the Lord. Um, But it's really basic. I really, I woke up one morning and I just really felt the urge to go to church and I, Mm. my aunt and my cousin were going. Um, and I knew that. And so I called her that morning and was like, Hey, are you still going to church? And she's like, yeah, do you want to come? And I was like, yeah, I just really feel like I'm supposed to go. And so I went and I had this crazy encounter with God and cried the entire service and left just completely changed. And that was the moment where I was like, okay, um, I'm doing this. (laughs) And how old were you? um, I was 20. 20. Yeah. Yeah. That is so awesome. (laughs) That's an awesome story. Don't, don't discount that story because that is pretty awesome. She just wanted, she wanted doves to come down. (laughs) Angels around her. (laughs) 
my husband has like the most incredible story and so I'm like oh it's like nothing compared to her <laughs> <laughs> it's a good story we like it I like your story <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so and your husband um I think you had said when we were talking offline you had said um that he came to the Lord at 18 right so yeah okay so he came to the Lord at 18 um and has been in ministry and serving and mission trips ever since um, and so we started dating in 2014 and, um, uh, after that he was living on the other side of the state in Detroit. And so we did long distance for what I think is a long time, but really only two years. Um, <laughs> yeah, that feels like a lifetime when you're doing two yeah. years. I mean that, <laughs> yeah, my daughter and son-in-law, they were long distance for two years too. And it was, it yeah. was really hard. <laughs> yeah. It's not easy, but it's worth it. And so we got married in August of 2016 and then decided to make the crazy decision to move to Los Angeles four months, five months after we got married in January of 2017. Uh, we just really felt like God was calling us here, but didn't really know why or what the reasoning was, but we just knew we had to follow that call. And so we've been in LA ever since and it's going on three or four years in January. I don't know what day or month or year. But Same. Something like that. Yeah. That, that's awesome. And you guys are currently in ministry, correct? Yeah. And so my husband, um, it was a year after we moved to LA, he, um, and us serving faithfully and diligently at our local church here in Los Angeles called Zoe Church, who is led by pastors Chad and Julia Beach. Um, he is now on staff and oversees the kids ministry and all of our local, national, and global outreach. And so um, we're Amazing. really busy, yeah. but we're having so much fun. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So you guys um, came to LA and then you shortly after that found out that you were pregnant. And um, so tell us a little bit about your pregnancy story and what happened there. Yeah. So about a year and a half later in December of 2018, we found out that we were pregnant uh, with our first baby. And so we're so excited to start the journey of parenthood and babies and all of the things. And um, we went home back to Grand Rapids for Christmas and told our family that we were pregnant. And of course, everyone's so excited. And um, we got back in January, and I started going to my prenatal appointment. And everything would come back normal, all of my blood work, all of my ultrasounds, um, everything was normal. They would tell me that my pregnancy was boring because I didn't have <laughs> anything that would come up, and I would just go in and kind of leave. And so... Um, and in April of 2019, we found out that we were having a girl. Oh. And so for me as a mom, I'm yeah. like, yay, let's go to Starbucks and Target. Right. And <laughs> Dresses and bows and all those things that come along yeah. with having a girl. Yeah. Yeah. That's and awesome. um, Tommy, my husband, was also super excited. He wanted a girl from the beginning. And so he's just like, this is going to be my little girl. and I'm going to do everything with her. Mm -hmm. So we were both so excited, and um, then August of 2019, um, I was 39 and five days, and went in for my last prenatal appointment 
to make sure everything was still good and that we were still on track for delivery. And I went for my ultrasound and they told me that they could no longer find a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And so in that moment, your body just goes into shock and then your brain is thinking, well, what happened? Because you were just moving an hour before I came here. So how is that even possible? And the doctors are wrong. And then your heart is breaking because what if it is true? And my daughter just died. And how am I, how is this, how am I going to process this? How am I going to go through this? Like, so many things just come crashing at you at once. And I just remember even telling the doctor that she didn't know why this happened and that they weren't going to ever know or tell me Hmm. why this happened or have an answer. And so um, my husband actually was not with me at this appointment. My mom was. And so on the way home, I had to figure out a way to tell my husband that our daughter has just died. And so... Um, I remember going home and I remember telling him, mom, like, I can't even walk upstairs. Like, what am I even going to say to him? How, like, I have no words. He's going to be mad. He's like, what if uh, fear just came completely over me? Yeah. And um, I remember even about, like, him leaving me maybe because, oh. may, like, if he thinks it was my fault or right. something oh. like that. and. Just everything, like we carry that weight on us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, anyway, I ended up telling him what happens, and he's just in shock and kind of in disbelief, and is like, "Let's just go to the hospital. Let's have them do another ultrasound and figure this out." And so, we had to go there no matter what, either way, because they were afraid that I could get an infection, or if something was wrong, then I could start bleeding, and so. We rush to the hospital, and we get there, and the doctor there also confirms that there's no heartbeat. And so the next step that we have to take is for me to be induced and to start the laboring process, and I have to deliver our baby. Mm. And so um, obviously it's like you still have to go through all of the processes of bringing this baby out of you, but you don't get the experiences of... The joy that yeah. happens after the that. Joy. Right. Yeah, yeah, the joy, the excitement, the, the first cry. And yeah. I think so many people that don't go through something like this just think that we rest of our grieving the loss of the child. But there's so many other things that yeah. come with it that you also grieve. And those are things that I missed out at the hospital, which is hearing her first cry and changing her first diaper and just all of the things that come with it and so yeah and I know we had we had talked about you know it's funny because a lot of people don't realize that they put you on the mother baby unit which is the craziest place for you to be because you here you just lost a child and you're watching someone nurse their baby next to you right yeah. yeah or you're you know I was telling Aaliyah earlier that, you know, they put a rainbow on your door and then, you know, I had a photographer walk in and want to take a picture of my baby and, and you just, you're trying to process like even what happened. Cause I, you know, our stories are different, but very similar in the way that like you, the process, like you're, you're almost like, did this happen? Am I in a dream? I'm going to wake up and it's going to just be okay. Right. Like it doesn't feel real. (laughs) 
Yeah, it, it doesn't at all. And I felt like that for the longest time where I was like, oh, I'm just going to wake up. Like, this yeah. is actually yeah. happening to me. Yeah. And even, like you said, like when I was in the hospital, at, I woke up in the middle of the night at um, contracting and the lady next door to me just had her baby and the baby's crying. And it's like, yeah. so I have to listen to your baby, your living baby crying while I'm over here. Right. Right. Having to deliver in the next couple hours my baby that has died. And so yeah. it's just honestly a horrible horrible situation yeah yeah there's like a sense of rage that goes on where you just feel like life is tilted so unfairly at that point yeah Yeah. and I you know Leah I mean I you know I grew up in church and I remember feeling um like almost angry at God because I was like I did everything right like this isn't supposed to happen to me right like this is not yeah this isn't fair and so I think even though you know, you have, I have faith that God has complete understanding of why my daughter went to heaven. I have complete faith in that. However, it's still really hard to understand when you're in the moment. Mm -hmm. Did you have any moments of feeling that way? I mean, I know you had a great community around you. I mean, you, when you and I spoke originally, you had told me that, you know, your community, your church was amazing and you had so many amazing people around you, but was there any point where you almost felt angry or or bitter with God just like why am I going through this yeah so at the hospital like you mentioned we had our entire community with us there was like 30 people in the room and we're so grateful for that um all of our friends and our family and our church community we wouldn't be where we are today even without them and um but yeah I had I remember coming home from the hospital and even in the hospital I had that moment but it Mm -hmm. was it was still, I still felt like I needed to hold on to God in the hospital because I didn't know what else to, to look to. Right. But then when I got home and I seen the empty nursery and all the, the baby things mm. that we, you know, mm-hmm. had ready for her. And I remember just sitting at the end of my couch being like, are you serious, God? Like, is this really, <laughs> is this really my life? Like, right. this cannot be it. And if I'm completely honest, I would write like, letters to God but they would be like I just can't believe that you did this to me and like just almost hateful letters to him you know being honest and I just was so mad that I I even told my husband I'm like I don't know like how is God even real if like he did this to me and I did everything right I I ate everything right I didn't eat anything I wasn't supposed to eat you know um and so it's just like, well, how could it have possibly gone wrong if I did everything right? And throughout the entire pregnancy, we're praying over her. We're, mm-hmm. you know, declaring that she's going to follow the Lord and we dedicate her to the Lord already in the womb. So yeah. it's just like, I don't understand mm-hmm. how this can be if like, you know, like you said, we did everything right. right. And so it took me a few weeks to kind of just let God kind of speak to me and reassure me and comfort me. And once I started feeling like this overwhelming peace and comfort in the midst of what I was going through, I knew that God was going to be with me on this journey and that Mm -hmm. her life wasn't in vain Mm -hmm. and that I believed that what happened um, wasn't by mistake and that something was going to come out of it and yeah. that I just needed to fully cling to the Lord and 
that's exactly what I did. I was at a point in my life where I just fully surrendered to God and my relationship with God completely changed and became so much deeper and at a different level um, to where I'm so thankful for it, you know? Yeah, it's funny because it's, you know, you do, you, there is a greater purpose, right? And we don't see it and we may not understand it, but I think it's so important to let people know that it's okay to feel yeah. upset with the Lord for what has happened, you know, because it is, it's, it's a loss and it's something that our carnal minds can't understand. You know, I mean, we, yeah. I always say, I'm, I'm never going to really completely understand why I went on this journey. I know I'm a better person for it. Mm-hmm. And I know that right. he's shaped me and molded me to be a better person in the process, but it still doesn't take away the fact that you feel that way. And I remember my dad telling me one time, like, it's okay, Rhonda, you can be mad at God. He can handle it. Exactly. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I think it's so important to like, let people know that it's okay. You know, I think a lot of times people just want you to get over grief, like get over it. You're fine. You'll be okay. Yeah. You know, but it's a process. One of the, one of the moms I met along the way told me that if, if God has you in this season, then any feeling and anything you want to say to him, he can handle. So just say it and get it out because it's part of the healing process. And so I've just lived the rest of the time doing that with God. It's just like when I'm mad, I tell him. And when I'm sad, I tell him. Mm -hmm. And when I need him, I tell him. It's just like telling your best friend, like, today I'm mad, so just Leave me alone. So he just walks beside you. He's like, it's okay. Yeah, Yeah, it's okay, girl. (laughs) Yeah. No, you know, and I do think too, I think, you know, that the Lord, like he does give us the grace to be able to handle it in, you know, in time, in the timing of it all. And so, yeah, it's true. I, I do feel that my walk with Christ got even deeper after that because he not, he's not just God in heaven looking down at me. He's Mm -hmm. actually my friend. He's the person I talk to all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So Leah, so after all of this has happened, this, I mean, this is pretty fresh. It's from last year. So how has this been for you? And, and, uh, why'd you decide to help other women who lost a child? Tell us a little bit about your organization. Yeah, so the last year has been, I like to tell people that I literally live my day or my life one day at a time Mm, because each day holds its own journey. And so if I go back to the beginning, you know, the first few months, it's like I was, you know, having the waves of grief pretty much every single day, multiple times a day. And then six months it's like okay once a day and now I'm at a place where it's just like I just have moments of things that trigger the grief but Mm -hmm. it's still something that I'm healing and walking through um my husband and I are advocates for counseling uh we still do that to this day Mm -hmm. um and that's been such a huge um part of our healing process uh, outside of you know our relationship with God and just allowing him to heal our hearts and I don't think it's something that you will ever get over. It's just something that you learn to walk through for the rest of your life. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, yeah, there's no healing completely when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. No. And so, um, yeah, I, I just, honestly, I just live my day or my life one day at a time Mm -hmm. and I just allow whatever that day holds to take place. And if it's, 
you know, if it's a joyful day, I'm going to soak and bask in the joyfulness. And then if it's a hard day, I'm just really going to cling to God and just let him know, hey, I really need you today. Today's a hard day. Or I've learned to write letters to my daughters because it's brought healing to me and just makes me feel like I can talk to her or um, like she's here, whatever it is, you know, the situation is. But there's different things that I've done to help with the process. Mm -hmm. But like I said, it's, it's been a journey. I mean, now today, a year and a little bit after, um, my husband and I decided to launch, uh, a nonprofit organization in honor of her name called the Zara Eleanor Foundation. Mm-hmm. And so that is, um, something that has brought so much, honestly, joy into our life because it's been able to make it feel like she's here with us and like that she's a part of our everyday life because it's something that's revolved around her, but it's us helping other people. And so what we do is we get to help other families who are facing the loss of a child um, emotionally and financially. And so we created a 12 month program based off of everything that we kind of went through and um, received through the last, you know, 12 months that we have gone through it. And so they, the families, um, get to receive mentorship. And so they'll have a one-on-one mentorship and that's decided between the family and the mentor, um, how many times a week or once a week, um, that they check in and just, it kind of creates like that community sense where, uh, something like this is silenced, but they're able to speak to somebody who's gone through it. And then they also receive professional counseling. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, for an entire year and then there's different um, financial things that we also help the family with whether it's um, funeral costs or hospital bills um, and things like that and then at the end of the program we get make sure that they get plugged into a community um, aspect of it and so whether that's you know an online group or their local church or you know the local church that we attend or right. just a group, uh, a group of, you know, families that have yeah. also been through it. And then we also have a group, um, just from the Zara Eleanor foundation where Tommy and I actually host that and do like monthly check-ins with families. And so it's really everything that Tommy and I received the last 12 months that we know that families need while yeah. they're grieving and while they're trying to process what just happened. Yeah. And I think a lot of families don't, you know, I mean, we, you know, we were fortunate as well to have an amazing church family. And, um, I don't know what I would have done without those people. I mean, I had people slipping me gift cards under my door, you know, taking care of bringing me food and all of these things. But for people that don't have, you know, a church family, yeah, Phyllis did not. Yeah. Yeah. They asked if, um, if I wanted to join a support group, uh-huh. but I didn't want to be sitting with a bunch of people that I didn't know. Right. And so yeah. I refused to that, but I remember spending so many days just by myself in the house, just like grieving. And I feel like that mentor, if mm-hmm. one person had reached out and said, yeah. if I had had a church right. family at that mm-hmm. time, which I, you know, wasn't a believer at that time. And if I had had someone that had just could reach out and say like, Hey, you know, do you want me to come and just yeah. sit with you? You know, yeah. and yeah. just like, let me process. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah, so important. I got that idea from, obviously we had our church community, but I got that idea because I had so many moms reach out to me 
personally on social media and just give me their phone number and say, hey, if there's ever a time you want to talk, here's yeah. my number, just call me. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where the mentorship really part nice. of the program came from. Yeah, yeah and I, you know, even seeing your story that day, um, so to give our listeners a little background, I saw your story on Zoe Church's Instagram and I immediately, and I remember it being kind of late at night, I think it was like 10 o'clock at night. And I remember immediately feeling like this, oh my gosh, I have to talk to her. Like I just felt for you because I, you know, anytime I hear a story like yours, it takes me right back to March 18th of 2002, like 18 years ago, you know, you go right back and you just know how hard it is to, um, go through that process. But what I, but what I found is that so many people like you are doing things with their grief, which I think is so beautiful because, you know, that's what we're as Christians, that's what we're meant to do, right? We're meant to take the grief and the loss that we've been through and help others and share our story. And, I'm so glad that more and more women are sharing their story because, you know, when, like when Phyllis had her son, it was a silent, it was a silent pain. I mean, my grandmother had a child that died and she never really spoke of it. I didn't even know her daughter died until my daughter passed away. And so just, you know, being able to talk about it and help other people's walk through the process. I think that's amazing. And I love the year program thing because I feel like, it really gives you a chance to kind of get through a a set of emotions that you're going to, you know, endure over a year. Um, and then you're better prepared, you know, for year two and year three and the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. We just wanted to be able to make sure families didn't feel alone because so many people do feel alone, but Mm -hmm. then also help them get back on their feet. Like, okay, we can, we can get through this together. And so that's yeah. kind of like the heart behind it as well. That's so beautiful. So you guys are launching, am I right, in October, correct? Yeah, so we officially launched actually on her birthday, August 15 of 2019. But we'll, we are taking in our first um, family uh, August 1st, or I'm sorry, October 1st. Uh, so <laughs> what, what month is it? <laughs> what day is it? It's Groundhog Day. Yeah, it's 2020. <laughs> it's the same day every day. <laughs> exactly. Um, so October 1st is when we'll be taking in our first few families, which I think is also so special because like you said, it's uh, pregnancy and infant loss mm-hmm. awareness month. And so yeah. we're really excited to just start investing and bringing hope back into people's worlds and their marriages and their families. Mm. And Oh my gosh. So we're really excited. Well, we're excited to see what happens um, with this. And I mean, I'm excited to be able to hear this before it launches and see where it goes, you know, within a year yeah. or two. And so I, I'm excited we'll have um, to bring you back next year. I know and we see will. And you have to tell us yeah. how everything went, but I do have one last question for you. And it's kind <laughs> oh. of, it's a standard it's our question. signature question, but she's so young. I know. Like, I'm like, <laughs> but, but I'm sure, you know what? You Nine might, years have passed. <laughs> you might be, you might be young, but you have a lot of wisdom. Yeah. My, my dear, you have tons of wisdom. You've so. already lived a lifetime. <laughs> you have. So what would you, you tell your 22 year old self I love this question because I, I did laugh when you sent it because yes I am only 29 but like I think of what just happened to me in the last year and I'm not even the same person yeah, that I was. right yeah. yeah so 
I feel like when you ask people these questions, like you don't, and even if you don't know their story, like they could have so much wisdom mm-hmm. to give because of like what they've been through. Exactly. Um, but I feel like what I'm going to share sounds so cliche and like, I've heard it so many times before this has happened to me, but because it happened to me, I can truly say that it's so crucial to live by this. But I would tell my 22 year old self to just be present and in the moment of each day because Mm. life is but a vapor, right? And so what if tomorrow doesn't come? And so I, I, I remember delivering Zara and after I delivered her, I remember telling like our friends that were in the room and even the doctor and I was like, I don't think I'll ever live another day of my life 30 seconds ahead of like what I'm living right now Mm. because you just don't know. And so, um, I truly just live each day as, as the day is. And so whatever is in front of me. So, Mm. you know, even this conversation with you guys, like I'm fully present in this moment and you know, if somebody calls me an hour from now and is like, oh, do you want to do something? Like, I'm I'm here right now. I'll call you back in an hour and let mm-hmm. you know if that's, like, something that I want to do yeah. um, or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And so I've just learned to just fully live each day to its fullest and just be in the moment when mm-hmm. you're in the moment, whether it's at dinner with a friend or, you know, put your phone away or right. in a conversation with somebody or, you know, on a date with your husband or yeah. with your kids, like embrace every single second of that moment that you have with your kids. Cause you just mm-hmm. like life is so precious and so short at the same time. So just yeah. kind of wrapping that up That's into sad. the balance of, being precious but also being short you know yeah no and that that's that is that is wisdom at its finest because it's so true it's like you get wrapped up and and life goes fast you know and and you sometimes you look back and you regret things and so I think that Mm -hmm. is beautiful words of wisdom and I feel like we ask that question because I think a lot of times we feel like God, if I could do it different, or if you could give advice to someone at 22 and say that, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. just listen a little bit, you know, l- listen to the yeah. wisdom that we have over the years that we've made these yeah. mistakes. I'll so, say too, that once you've lost a child to like every baby truly, truly is a miracle. Yeah. Like you never look at that baby differently right. again, yeah. ever. Like yeah. I, it's so deep. Like, like I, that even, everything has to go completely right yeah, for it to happen. So, you know? crazy and so you you look at your children and you just I think as a if you've been a mom who's lost a child you just look at your children in a whole different light Mm -hmm. the ones that that do come after because you just realize like at any turn one little thing could could go go wrong wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah oh my gosh Leah this was so amazing to have you on thank you so much so we want to ask you how can they support you and also find you on social media so please tell us oh you guys are the best thank you so much for having me of but course. um you can find me on social media at Leah and Long um the last name is spelled L-U-O-N-G <laughs> everyone <laughs> always gets it wrong um and then if you would love to support our foundation and help families who are in need and, um, you know, going through their next steps in the grief process, our foundation is ZaraEleanor.org. 
Thank you Such so much. Such a beautiful much. name. Yes. Thank you so much for being on today. We really appreciate it. And 24 Carat Tribe, thank you for being on today. Um, you know, you can find us on Instagram at 24 Carat Conversations Podcast and also on our Facebook group. You can go on there, 24 Carat Conversations Podcast with Phyllis and Rhonda. <laughs> and don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And please give us a review, people. Yes, please review. <laughs> and we love you. And until next time, sparkle on. Bye, peace. Bye.